You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And all of our dogs who are with us today. <laughs> and your puppy who wants to jump in the back of your chair. Yeah. <laughs> In this podcast, we're going to be answering a listener's questions. So, Katie, these are for you. These are the questions you asked us. So, everybody, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Take a listen to our sponsors. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best bets for pets. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. Our listener, Katie, says, Hi, Doggy Dog World hosts. My husband and I decided to get our first dog in this next year, and I found your podcast when I started to do my research. I'm going through past episodes and getting so much helpful advice I'm feeling much more confident because of your information. But she has some questions. And one of the first ones she has is on crate training. 
She says, it sounds like the way to go is crate training to provide structure and security for the dog, enforce rules, and keep order in the house. Everyone I talk to says it's absolutely not inhumane and that it's a must if you'll be away at work all day, which we will be Monday through Friday. I've heard you mention crate training, but I'd love to hear more on the subject, especially on why dogs like it versus hate it. Well, the first thing I'm going to bring up is, Katie, to you and your family and to all our listeners, the dog cannot be in the crate all day while you're at work Monday through Friday. Yeah. I mean, when I was working full time, have a safe dog run, dog yard, someplace that they can get some exercise. But eight hours in a crate is too long. Whether it's a crate or a run or the backyard, what you want to do is find a safe place for your dog to be. Right. But for, and it's a crate, which is so small, for four hours is about max. Right. And should you decide to get a puppy, and that's one of your next questions, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but puppies have to go outside often. So even if you decided to adopt like a six or seven month old puppy, four hours could be pushing it, depending on your puppy. Right. So if you want to crate the dog while you're at work, you're going to need to find someone, a dog walker, a neighbor, grandma, Somebody who can come in and get the dog and take him outside, maybe take him for a walk, throw the ball for a little bit. But all day is way too long. It's, you know, think, of, think about it. The puppies or dog is going to be in the crate all night, then out for a little while before you go to work, and then in the crate all day. That's too much. And out for a few hours before I go to bed, yeah. and then in the crate all night. That, that's too much. A lot. Yeah, that's too much. So, yes, crate training is a wonderful tool. We all use it. Mm-hmm. My puppy's six months old now, and his breeder introduced him to the crate before I brought him home. And then uh, now he's in the crate when I run out to the grocery store or something like that. But if I have to leave for several hours, he has the backyard mm-hmm. with my other dogs, which is safe. And then he's at the crate in the crate at night. Katie, you mentioned that you were thinking about some kind of lab or lab mix. So I would go ahead and plan for a dog run. Someplace that, you know, the, the puppy dog will be safe. This whatever. is during during the day while during she's at day. work or her, yeah. her husband's at work. Yeah. She doesn't say where she's from. Some shelter, whatever, whether you need it from heat or cold. And just some place for the puppy dog to be safe and for your home and yard to be safe. Right. right. While your puppy dog grows up and learns the rules of your home. Right. My backyard is fine for a puppy running free, but it's small. So if I had a dog run, it'd take up most of the yard anyway. Your yard is the size of a dog run. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but because I have a big willow tree in the backyard, which covers most of it, I don't have grass. I have bark on, on it. So if the puppy decides to dig, it's no big deal. If you have a nicely landscaped yard, you're probably not going to want, most people don't want the dog to dig. If you have a a garden, mine are all container plants and in a raised bed garden. If you have a nice garden, puppy may think that that's a wonderful place to dig. So puppy proofing is definitely important and thinking, planning ahead. And you're doing a lot of planning ahead, so that's wonderful. And even if you get an older dog, they still don't know the rules yet of your home. So that you kind of treat them like a puppy for the first couple of months. As though they're puppy-brained. Yeah. Just because they're new. Right. And you don't, if you adopt an older dog or rescue a dog, you don't know if they've ever learned any rules. 
So you want to keep them safe while you're teaching them rules. If you do a dog run with many suburban homes, you've got fence around the backyard. You've got one side of the house that may be long and narrow, and all you have to do is enclose one end of it. That often works well. But uh, just ensure they can't dig out, right? Or if you have, if you're getting an adult dog or a young or adolescent, it doesn't jump over the fence, right? So having a top and a bottom is often a good idea too, especially while they're getting used to the new home. As to why some dogs don't like crates, I do think some people overuse them. Mm -hmm. That they do ask the dog to stay in a crate for eight hours a day, and then the dog hates it. Then they would hate it. Yeah, then it becomes jail. Yeah, right. Yeah, the dogs who like it like to use it for their time out. I mean, there's times I'll find Rio in his crate. I'm like, where'd he go? He's in there taking his mm-hmm. nap or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's bedtime, he just goes on in by himself. Still have I some mean... crates around the house with the doors left open. Mm-hmm. And my dogs will choose to go in there yeah. and take a nap or sleep there at night. Exactly. I can't say Bones is doing that yet. He likes to steal Bashir's bed when oh, he needs well, to. <laughs> but but he's, he's young yet, and that's, that's his little <laughs> twist of, uh, I'm a big dog. Yeah. When it's bedtime, I grab him some dog treats, and I start down the hall, and he beats me back there. He's in his crate, his tail hitting the sides of it, (laughs) and waiting for his treats. You make me feel guilty. I did get a newsletter email the other day, and there was a picture of a very sad-looking emaciated dog, and it said, Why Dogs Hate Crates. And frankly, I didn't click on it and read it, because I just went, ugh. I, I don't believe it. I, I no. If it's misused, yes. If anything's right. misused, it becomes wrong. Sure. Right. But, but, you know, but crates, not even just at home. I mean, when we travel, yes. we bring crates. You know, we travel with how many? Five, six dogs in a car? Well, let's see. We're sitting here in the Kindred Spirits dog training office, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six Six crates, seven crates right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what if we need to put one, two, four dogs, whatever, we yeah. have the room for it. So. Right. One they is don't in a mind crate it. with the door open right now. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. hanging out on the pillows. Right. Yeah. So to sum it up, crates are a wonderful training tool. Introduce them with praise and treats and feed them in it initially to make it a good thing. They can spend the night in the crate. They can spend several hours during the day in the crate, but not all day. So you'll before you get your dog, you'll have to work on an alternative mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. A dog run in the backyard could be a really good idea because that gives him more room. He can go potty. You can have more toys there and some shelter. Or doggy daycare. Or doggy daycare. Yeah, doggy daycare. Or if you the crate is really the best idea for you, for your situation... Have someone that can come over once or twice a day, depending on the age of your puppy or your dog, and make sure that he gets out to go potty, can play, go for a walk, throw the ball, give him a good break, and then put him back. All right? So hope that answers that question for you or series of questions for you. Now, the next one you bring up, Katie, is puppy versus adolescent versus adult dog as far as choosing. Well, between the three of us, we've done... All of the above. Yeah. My previous two puppies, before I got my newest one, Bones, were both between five and six months old. So they'd been through, well, Archer had... We oh were, my gosh, he was what, we were, five, we were his, six homes? We were his fifth Simple. home. He'd been through four homes previous to us. So even though he was from a very good breeder, 
what it turned out is they wanted him as a show dog, and he turned out to have a couple issues that disqualified him from being a show dog, so he'd been passed around a lot. Cisco had stated his breeder, but all the people that came to get puppies wanted girls, so he and his brother ended up staying there for a while. while. My newest one, Bones, I got from a breeder at 10 weeks, nine and a half, 10 weeks. Kate, when you got Gina, she was... A year old. A year old, so she was an adult. And then Walter and Quill... Well, Well, Walter was a a baby, and Quill was about six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I said Rio, and he was four and a half months. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to... Okay, pros of a puppy. They're cute! And you raise the puppy up the way you want him. They have a clean slate. Yes. Yeah. They don't come any with any... They're a blank well, computer disk. Blank computer disk. <laughs> to a degree. They still sure. have a, a there's personality. Genetics. Well, personality. There's, yeah. there's genetics. What a dog ends up to be is a combination of nature and nurture. Nature is his genetics. What he is born with. If he's a herding dog or a hunting dog or a terrier. And then nurture is everything that happens after that. So if he's with a good breeder and gets a good head start, he comes to you as a baby with almost a clean computer disc, but he's got nature and the nurture that's happened to him. If you get an adolescent or half-grown puppy, you've got more on that nurture side. It -hmm. can be very, very good if he's been well-raised and he's been socialized, but it can also be a problem if he's not. When I adopted Cisco, he was very, very fearful. He hadn't been off that dairy goat ranch in Arizona very much. And I've had to work really, really hard to get him past that. Yeah, I'll never hard. forget that day. Uh, <laughs> we're like, you got what? Uh. <laughs> well, the Rio was kind of the same way. He'd never left his breeder. He was allowed to run with all the other dogs that she had there, all the other Aussies. So Which he was kind of worrisome. but Great for dogs you know. to learn dog-to-dog relationships. Mm-hmm. Sure. And adolescence is the time when a dog or a child or whatever is getting ready to leave home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a good... They actually want to leave home at that time mm-hmm. and start their own lives. It's a mm-hmm. good time to move them. Mm-hmm. But, but we do tend to get them while they're cute and then keep them through the terrible teenagers. And then hopefully the children we let go when they're adults and keep the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still a hard time, adolescence. But I do think for a lot of dogs, that's when they're actually pushing where they've been a puppy mm-hmm. and they're ready to go to a new place well mm-hmm. if we look at wild canines when they're adolescents when they're sexually mature and they're able to hunt on their own and they know what being what they are is they know how to be a wolf they know how to be a coyote or whatever that's when mom and dad are more apt to chase them out yeah you know yeah. go away sure. kid get out of here now adopting an adult can be a little more challenging Keep in mind that people usually give up a dog for a reason. And they usually don't share that reason. They're often untruthful. Yes. B- because a lot of people who give up a dog feel guilty. Now, there are some genuine reasons that, that are certainly not the dog's fault. An owner passes away. There's a divorce and neither one can keep the dog because they're both going into an apartment or something like that. Economic times, foreclosure. Foreclosure on the house. There are definitely reasons that have nothing to do with the dog or his behavior. But then the other side of the coin, a lot of people do give up a dog Perhaps they haven't spent the time socializing the dog. They haven't trained the dog. Perhaps he's got some behavior problems. 
Yeah. So when we see or house class. training or house training, yeah. more people will put up with a dog that bites them than they will put up with a house training issues, which is bizarre. It is. Yeah, you're right. At least statistically, but yeah, um, leg lifting is certainly a big one. Sneaky house training, going and having an accident behind the sofa, and that's one of the things. House training is also one of the things that is rarely shared when the dog is given up. Right. They will check the box that says house trained. And, you know, they'll justify it in their mind. Well, most of the time he is. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then he goes to the new house and all of a sudden he's not. And that's not a good way for a dog to start off his new life. People get really angry about that. So on the positive side, if you've got someone who is able to read a dog, or then you can get a better idea of what you're getting with an adult. Yes. As opposed to a moldable puppy right. that does mm-hmm. take work to mold. Right. Well, and Katie has said she's really not interested in raising a puppy. So if we spend most of the, this discussion on adolescence or adult dog, adolescents... There's still a lot of molding. ...are tough. Well, the 15-year-old teenager. Yep. Right. They're tough. Adolescents are going to... Which, okay, let's define that. Most dogs tend to hit adolescence between 9 and 12 months of age. Mm -hmm. That's when they hit it. When they finish with it, 16, 18, even 20 months of age. Now, if you think that sounds like a long time, it's shorter than a human teenager. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the worst of it is generally between 9 and 12 or 9 and 14 months of age. Then it gets better. But it's often not completely over until they're 20, 22 months. 24, yeah. 24 months, But then also... You know, like we see at the shelters is when people give up their dogs. Right. Because they're teenagers and they're they're challenging them. Yeah. My dog's no good anymore. He's bad. He went bad. Yeah. Whatever their excuse is. And if you think about human teenagers, Katie, you said you don't have kids. So think back to when you were a kid, giving your parents (laughs) a hard time. I remember I didn't think my mom was very smart until I was about 25. And then I realized she was a lot brighter than I thought she was. Because adolescence is Mother Nature's way of telling you, cut the apron strings. So if you adopt an adolescent, you've got to be prepared of of that, to deal with that. Doing obedience training, establishing some household rules, establishing some social rules. And I'm very up on this right now because my puppy's six months old and I know he's going to be coming into it shortly. And Patron Kate have warned me. (laughs) It's going to be a doozy. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my puppy's a good puppy. Oh, he is. Yeah, we'll talk to you in three months. He's a smart, pushy (laughs) puppy. (laughs) You're not going to see, if you adopt an adolescent, you're not going to see the real dog until he hits at least two. Because he's going to be in the adult stage. If you look at human teenagers, they can be pouty and sulky and challenging and defiant. I remember Petra's daughter. Oh, yeah. I want to find her a new home many times. And she's a great grown-up now. And now she's a yeah. she's a she's wonderful young too. lady. Yeah. She's a wonderful young lady. But there were times where I I can remember <laughs> telling Paige, boy, I'm glad she's yours and not mine. You know, the eye-rolling hand on the hip, heavy sigh time. Yeah. Yeah. Get that from your dog <laughs> and your kids. So, adolescence is tough. And you've got to be prepared to deal with it. Now, if you decide to adopt an adult... Since you do lots of outdoor activities, I'd suggest a young one. You don't want to be getting a five- or six-year-old dog because then you'll definitely shorten the period of time that he'll be able to enjoy those outdoor activities with you, especially the rougher ones. 
the more strenuous ones. So like two, yeah, three? A, t- a two or three-year-old yeah. would be a great yeah. idea. Yeah, still a little malleable. Uh-huh, right. Um, you know, but not quite as challenging, hopefully. Now, by the way, while I'm thinking about it, I don't know where you live, so it's not like I'm asking for business. But on a couple of occasions, I have been thrilled as a dog trainer to have someone hire me to go with them to look at potential adoptees. Yeah. And especially since you're looking at your first dog. We want this to succeed for you. And that's a great idea. Yeah, and I could say to them, no, this dog is not right for your family. It's way too high energy and pushy. Okay, this one's not right because it's um, shy and your family's going to overwhelm it. Or not at all athletic. There you go. So you can't, and nobody can tell you 100% what a dog in a shelter is going to be because that's that's an abnormal environment. Mm -hmm. But someone who is dog conversant should be able to at least give you better odds. On the puppy dog you adopt. Definitely. Yeah. Which is Very one of the idea. nice things about going through some of the private rescues, mm-hmm. especially the breed-specific rescues, is if you get a good breed-specific rescue, the foster people have had some time to get to know their mm-hmm. dog in a home environment. And they mm-hmm. often start some training. Right. And especially house training. Mm-hmm. And then they, a lot of them can tell you if they're good to the smaller dogs, because many of them... We'll have different sizes. We're good with a um, cat. cat. With people or children or not. I've heard from some people that, that have tried to adopt through rescues that it can get a little frustrating when they give you a nine-page questionnaire. Right, right. And they're like, what? I'm, I'm trying to give a dog a home. Why do they want all this stuff? And some will actually come out and look at your home. Also right. inspect where they're right. living. Don't take offense at that. They're doing their best to play matchmaker. And they're trying to make sure that the dog is going to stay in his home for the rest of his life. So, yeah, my husband and I were turned down for a cat one time. And I was totally offended. But, you know, they thought we had a house full with three dogs and a cat already. And they turned us down for for the cat. So I did take offense at it. But when I calmed down a little bit, I realized that, you know, okay, I could see what they were saying too. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I talked to a woman the other day. They had a, a a female dog. She was about four years old. They loved her, but it was pretty much the wife's dog. So the husband wanted a dog of his own, but he went off and they got a, a two-year-old female of a similar breed, similar size. And gosh, the two dog, the two females are fighting. Oh no! Yes. After uh-huh. six months together, and I said it's not going to work. Yeah, you need to go get a male. You need to get something so that they're not so similar that they're fighting with each other. Well, that was the next point I was going to bring up. Let's talk about males and females. Mm. For a first dog in your home, personally, I think a neutered boy neutered is a male. great idea. Mm-hmm. They tend to be less pushy, less challenging, and of course, there are individuals. Of course, this is a generalization, but they tend to be less pushy, less challenging. If we don't get edited out (laughs) or censored, there's a reason why they call bitches bitches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And female dogs can be absolutely wonderful, but they can also be opinionated, (laughs) let's say. Yes, (laughs) very much so. That's why I only have one female and the rest are boys. And the one you've got is quite a girl. Yes, she is. As a quick analogy, dogs' culture does not yet have the gender equality card played. Right, right. 
So it is still the female's role to keep order within mm-hmm. the family structure. Right. Very much so. Survival of the species depends on the bitch. In general. So In general. Who gets to make the rules can be a little more of an issue if you have a female dog. Mm-hmm. Whereas the boys, they're supposed to listen to the female and defend against external right. forces. Right. And for your first dog, I would suggest that he does be neutered. Many people now are pushing to have them neutered at a later age or perhaps not even do any neutering. But I think for your first dog, a neutered boy would be much easier. Definitely. There are some skills needed to have an intact male or female. Right, right. All right, so moving on to Katie's last comment, talking about outdoor activities. You ask, your question is, We see plenty of dogs with their owners on outdoor outings, hiking, camping, fishing, snowshoeing, rock climbing, cross... Well, I doubt the dogs are rock climbing, but... (laughs) There's tree climbers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you ask, is there any specific training that you ought to be doing? Well, basic obedience is a foundation for everything. Good quality basic obedience. And for lots of outdoor activities, you probably might want to get the dog to the point in training that he can be trustworthy off-leash. That takes time. That takes bonding with your family. Don't be in a hurry to take him off-leash. Plan on many months of him being on leash with you. And more training. Training and socialization. Again, you know, all the activities that they do. Again, because I think she mentioned lab mix or something they were Mm -hmm. looking at. But again, the breed is going to be important. You definitely don't want an old English bulldog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this won't happen. Right. You know, or, or anything like that. So, again, looking at the breed that has the energy to do all this with her and her husband. Mm-hmm. going to be important. Or but yet up. the balance of being able to settle down and be calm while they're at work all day. Yes. There's going to be a balance here. Mm-hmm. A lab mix sounds like a good... Sure. Yeah. 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 Or a lab. A lab or a lab mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Golden. Golden something mix Something big enough to be athletic and yet calm enough. Right. To chill. Right. When they want to go fishing, the dog has to chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go hiking, needs the energy. <laughs> Snowshoeing, they want a dog with a little bit of coat. If, or get him used to wearing a jacket. Get him used, used to wearing booties. Booties. Right. What's that? That's Musher secret. Right. Musher secret. Musher yeah. secret. It's a, Protects a, the pads. a lotion that you can get to put on your dog's pads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Well... Any other ideas for Katie and her family? When we teach a basic class, we teach at least three to four different ways to teach and practice the come. Yes. And I know there's 15 more out there. Use them all. You want, if you're going anywhere into the wilderness, even if the dogs are required to be on leash, there's a chance. You want a recall. Yes. And do not be like the man who called me the other day and said, how much for you to take my dog and train him? I said, I don't do that. But I have classes. I don't have time for that. Can you tell me over the phone what I need to do to teach my dog a good come? I said, no. <laughs> it takes more work than you're willing to put into it. Good for you. Because it so, what they say to the head. He hung up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was fine with me. So spend that time. It's part of the bonding to teach a good recall. But you want that to be the best. absolutely spot on. 110%. You know what? And then talk about obedience. I mean, when you adopt the dog, go through obedience classes. But in the meantime, if you've got time, go around town, oh, yeah. referrals from vets, and go look at the classes. Right. Ask people what they think about the classes. Yes. Do I, you know, put, I all was, your, put all this together. I was telling my friends at lunch today that I had a woman come to a Saturday class by herself. 
she came in, sat down, listened to the class, came up afterwards and said that her puppies were just conceived. They're just sonograms in the oh, mom's belly right my now. Goodness. And she's going around looking, checking out training checking out training classes. Very good. And yeah. she made it sound like she's gonna come to us. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. um but I was thrilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find out now. You see someone walking down the street with a well behaved dog, pull ask over them. and ask them. Ask them. Mm-hmm. Where'd they go for training? We mm-hmm. often if we see a well behaved dog Walking down the street with the owner. It's well, usually one of our students. Yeah, or we, we <laughs> holler out the window and go, good, good job. job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Katie, you have the honor of being the only listener who's emailed us with a variety of questions and have a whole podcast dedicated just to you. <laughs> but you had some very good questions. And we love it when people ask questions before they get the dog. Absolutely. So I hope Definitely. all of our answers will help you a little bit. And thank you for listening to our podcast. And big kudos for doing all of your research and thinking so much about this. Definitely. Right? That's right. awesome. I mean, we think puppy dogs are awesome. We, I can't imagine my life without them. Oh, no. 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 But it does take some planning. Yes. It takes a little extra work to have that kind of critter in your home. Well, and it's worth it every yes, it is. day after. Because, so. yeah. Bones is a new breed for me. I've been <laughs> researching this breed for 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And breeder for 10 years. And, and the timing just wasn't right. So, And here's my wish for you. I did a private training last year for a woman who said that her two young sons had been begging. And they finally got a beagle. And she had different portions of the house compartmentalized for the dog. Because dogs are messy, you know. And of course, the dog would never ride in her car. The family car, yes, but not in mom's car. Well, after a year... And she did come to basic and so forth. I asked her how things were going. She was, oh, we took the kids to school and everybody just loved to see my girl hanging out the window and say hi. I said, oh, she was in your car? And she goes, oh, yes. I said, what about the hair? She goes, but it's my dog's hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's different. (laughs) She's a well-behaved, well-loved dog. I'll take her anywhere. And that's it. Nice. (laughs) That is our hope for you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.